Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Well, it's chicken. I like fried chicken. I am absolutely fat. You don't have to be fat. It's a state of mind. Think like a fat. That's what we do. Welcome and welcome back. Saturday Suckage. Steve Rosenblum, Mark Rohde with you. Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. And at 2 p.m. on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score, it's down the line with Cody Decker, presented by Circus Sportsbook Las Vegas. That'll be after us. And right now, we welcome back to The Score, a man who has produced this show, co-hosted, sat in for Mark Rohde, and now comes on as one of the co-hosts of the 100th episode of the I'm Fat podcast. The Score's hotline is presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book and largest seems to be a good word in discussing the I'm Fat podcast. And here's Rick camp congratulations thank you i did not know when we started actually doing episodes and the podcast became more than just a bit on the spiegel and parkin show that we would ever get to 100 episodes but i'm happy that we have and i'm really happy that the podcast and and the community around it has really become what it has did you get emotional like jake Berger when on the 100th episode <laughs> You know, we had a, we each had a moment where we were, where we really got very reflective and stuff like for me. Yeah. I, I did the whole, you know, in those months when I was laid off, the only way I knew what day it was, was the day we recorded the podcast, that type thing. But like, which is, which is sadly more true than I'd like to admit in terms of knowing what day it was. (laughs) But, but, uh, but I mean, yeah, we each like, we've each put a, a good amount into this sometimes quite literally, but, uh, you know, that it, it's a lot of fun to do. It, it really is a lot of fun to do what we do. And the fact that there's so many people that legitimately reach out and say, hey, you know, just kind of owning the fact that of your fat tendencies, and it might not be all the time, but when you do, has kind of become taboo a little bit. So the fact that we're just kind of bringing it to the forefront and owning it is... You know, it's cool that we're able to help people with. Getting well, I'm glad. I'm glad that you're owning it too. There's one thing that I gotta say here, Rick, is that I've noticed that Danny Parkins and Matt Spiegel, every time they have a chance, they make sure to say that they take credit for you guys. It's time that you guys are That's on adorable. your own. It's right. It's like American Idol. You know, it's like yeah, that was the forum, but I'm on my own now. I'm my own thing. I'm my own pop star. You guys are your own stars. It's time to it's time to cut the cord. 
So just I'm just sending that message out there. Yeah, I want to say we uh, we don't have the cord uh, connected on our end this point obviously it's it's great that uh you know it's great that that was our avenue to be able to get started but the conversations were already happening on the other side of the glass during Uh during the spiegel and parkin show when we were paying Uh attention to the show when we may not have been paying attention to the show (laughs) who knows but uh you know i mean jay and i have been friends for longer than much longer than we've been doing the podcast but also like to credit those two guys us having the freedom to crack the mic as often as we had and as much as they wanted to bring us into the conversation certainly accelerated the process. And I'm pretty sure it was Danny that first coined I'm Fat Podcast. But uh, just the fact that we've been you know, able to take it from literally a bit to something where we have sponsors and you know, we're able to work with Fredo's Culinary Kitchen on a burger that, with the podcast name in it, and we have Charlie the Bacon Guy making special bacon for us. I mean, <laughs> it's, amazing. It, it's really a hard for it to get a lot better than this. Uh, well, awesome. I, I, let's, let's talk about the celebratory burger. And by the way, you are the perfect people, the perfect podcast to thank all the little people. You really, you really can do that. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> all but, the fit people. Yeah, we want to thank all the little people. So let's let's have you describe the the you mentioned Fredo's. It's in Schaumburg, F R A T O apostrophe S. The they have prepared actually two culinary delights at your creating, correct? Yeah. When uh, so when Jay and I initially went in to taste test the burger. There'd been an email chain with a couple of the of the uh, chefs over there because what's cool about Fredo's is that it it's also that it's a bunch of culinary students that are mostly running the place. So they let their creativity run wild and they encouraged us to do the same with this burger. So just to describe the burger, you start with the key to me is Texas toast. Mm-hmm. Two huge thick slices of Texas toast. Then you put on the whiskey barbecue pulled pork mm. and that barbecue sauce is so key to this entire burger on top of that you have mac and cheese with breadcrumbs because you do need that little bit of texture and then it's also cooked on the griddle so that way you get a little bit of crust so that it's not and it also kind of helps keep things contained a little bit so yeah. that's appreciated then you get two smashed uh bacon beef burger patties which are just incredible those are topped with a buffalo mozzarella and provolone mix more whiskey barbecue sauce just drizzling over the top (laughs) and then the other piece of texas toast it is it is incredible when jay and i went to try it we were like okay you know a lot of these burgers and you know just food things that are more for shtick than anything they're not that great. They don't taste great. They look funny. They look huge, but they're not that great. This legitimately tastes really, really good. And then when we were at Fredo's, Chef Joe comes up to us and he's like, oh, yeah, we were going to make this a pizza, too, because they, <laughs> and we're like, OK, awesome. So essentially take everything that I just said, maybe outside of the Texas toast and put it on a pizza. And what they do at Fredo's is they sell one pound slices so you one can get a pound, pound slices mm-hmm. i mean really oh. why would you ever have a slice any smaller 
Yeah, I, yeah silly me. <laughs> but it is. It looks. I haven't had the. I haven't had the slice of pizza yet. I will before the month is up because this is the Fredo's Culinary Kitchen, uh, burger and pizza of the month. They have one per month. So for July, you can go to 628 South Roselle Road in Schaumburg. Go to Fredo's. Get that burger. Get a slice of pizza. Whatever you want. And I'm thrilled. I'm honestly thrilled with it. It looks awesome. It tastes even better. You asked, you, for the I'm, you asked for the I'm Fat Burger or the I'm Fat Pizza, right? That's that's the actual name of it. Yep. Oh, my God. Will, will you guys be doing your podcast from there, maybe? Is that, like, a good idea, maybe, by me? It's it's part of when we're, we were starting to think about things we could do, like, in theory, in, in the next 100 episodes or however you want to frame yeah, it. Right. That's one of the things we brought up because we had the idea – Right, you know, like before the pandemic hit of, hey, we should start, you know, going to places and, and doing some live podcasts. Well, that kind of got shut down. So now that things seem to be opening back up, right. I, that's more of a possibility. So we haven't set anything up. There's nothing in stone as of yet, but that's definitely something we're going to look forward to. And to tease something else that we teased at the end of the 100th episode, something we've also been thinking about doing for a while that I think is probably more possible now because of how everybody got used to uh, using Zoom and everything during the pandemic is a uh, an interview or just like a conversation that we want to have with people in the industry, fellow fats, people in sports, all that kind of stuff called Between Two Fats. So, <laughs> <laughs> And which one of you is Fats Galifianakis? I, I think it has to be Jay, right? He's got the better yeah. beard, yeah. so... And he's the funnier one anyway. So, like, that just works out for him to do that. And it's also a messed up podcast when I'm closer to the one playing the straight man in this. So it it really gets off the rails quick. But uh, we don't, once again, like with that, we don't have, it's more just an idea at this point. We don't have anything locked in. But we're excited to start, you know, giving more to our listeners. Because, you know, after I got laid off, we were able to do an episode a week. Then... You know, we've been able to do some extra stuff here and there, but considering, you know, we have a Patreon and we want to be able to give people more content, that's something that we can do to make everything more valuable. I love that idea. I love I love your remote idea, Mark, and I love yeah. the idea of just fats waddling into Fredo's and also people who are fit walking into Fredo's with all kinds of wonderful ideas, asking you guys questions as you sit at a microphone and you're eating while doing it. I, 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 that's a wonderful picture. And I know it's wonderful for you too, Rick, the eating part anyways. Oh, absolutely. And what's fun is how many of our listeners and people that inter not just lit that listen, but that interact with us are normies. They're, they're like, Hey, I'm a normie like, or they're people that admit that they work out, but they work out so they can, eat everything they want and not look exactly like us which you know hey i can respect that like believe me i have a mirror i know it's not great other people don't want to do that so this weekend there is a i am loath to call it a sporting event but it is on a sports channel and there's a men's and women's event an open event and all that kind of stuff the long the, the long-running hot dog eating contest, Nathan's hot dog eating contest on Coney Island. Mm-hmm. I have not, I don't believe I've ever heard the fats pronounce a verdict on competitive eating 
only because it feels like it it <clears throat> taints the whole process, ruins things. But then again, maybe there's something I've missed. So can you share the fates, the fats philosophy on competitive eating? I just don't get the rush. <laughs> that's the thing. There you go. All if, right. If, I, I want to, you know, it. like, like if that's your thing, like, do you, if you're able to be profitable off of it, cool. Eating a lot is fun. So I get that. <laughs> I, I, I get that part of it. However, that much in that short amount of time, that's one thing like Jay and I always get asked of how many, you know, like uh, restaurant challenges have we done? And we really haven't done a whole lot. So because I don't think either of us are that great when it comes to having to eat X amount in a short amount of time. That's not necessarily our thing. Like I am much more of, you know, we're only a few months away from the Chicago marathon. So, which is something I bet you did not think I'd be bringing up. However, when it comes to like the food version of that, I'm much more of like the long distance food eater (laughs) where I can eat all throughout the day. And then you'll be like, Hmm, I wonder where, you know, I wonder where all these 20 some hot dogs went. Well, if you gave me enough time, they'd probably be gone, and I wouldn't be hating myself at the end of the day either, as opposed to these guys where Joey Chestnut ate 75 hot dogs last year. And then maybe even more impressive, you had Miki Sudo in the women's division eating 48 and a half hot dogs. So that's really impressive and something I have really no desire to ever do in any short amount of time. Rick, have you ever considered working out? (laughs) I have, actually. Okay. I I have considered it. How'd that Um, go for you? Well, it was a a fleeting thought. Um, (laughs) I'm sure you guys have discussed this on the podcast. Sit down and have Doritos until it's Yeah, I mean, there's there's a long distance from where I am now to what is also like the lower threshold of what's considered fat. So if I wanted to, like, got plenty of room for... uh, for once, I have plenty of room for uh, improvement there, if we want to call it improvement. But that's, you know, subject to uh, subject to interpretation. That's right, one's own. So before we let you go, we're talking with Rick Camp. He and Jay Zawoski have celebrated their 100th episode of the I'm Fat podcast, born here on the score and blossoming and blossoming and bursting out all over in many ways with the I'm Fat burger and I'm Fat slice at one pound slice a pizza. That's unbelievable at Fredo's in Schaumburg. There is something I saw online on the tweeter machine. There is a food delicacy that is quite seasonal, every 17 years apparently. So I wanted to get your thoughts on the idea of people eating chocolate cicadas. Um, yeah, I'm not doing that. If other, pe- if, if other people want to, do you. Like I'm not, I'm not really here to food shame very much, unless it's like a pineapple on pizza situation, which, like as Jay and I have always stated, and this was a thing when we worked with Spiegel every day, because to Danny and, and Spiegel's credit, a lot of the times they would offer to buy pizza, but one thing that Spiegel's always liked to do was on a community pizza put pineapple on it, mm, which awful. that part of it to me is a no go. If it's a pizza just for you or you and one other person and you know you both like it, okay. But the thing is, that pineapple flavor can get all over a pizza, even if it's only on a portion of it. So if yep. it's a community pizza, pineapple's a no-go. It's rude. It, it, it really is. <laughs> okay. I just want to run the chocolate cicadas idea by it because they've, 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 they've long been various 
insects that have been covered in chocolate and considered delicacies or, or stupid acts. So I yeah, just no. wanted to know how you guys no, came just, down. Just on. I, so uh, when I was in college, one of my roommates was in a band and they had a few a few gigs in Lake Geneva. So mm-hmm. I went up there with them because I had nothing to do that weekend and it was an opportunity to drink at a discounted price. So why not, right? right. So I did that and uh, there was a biker gang up there and they were just just feasting on cicadas and i was just like what are we doing here and these were not chocolate covered they were not prepared unless by prepared you meant grabbed so (laughs) i looked at those guys and i was like you know what i'm good no thanks don't need that in my life bernstein is into that isn't he i think he's talked yeah he's in the yeah like the crickets and whatever like how is it the seattle mariners apparently have really popular uh way they prepare uh, crickets at their stadium. So Dan's always putting out this, uh, you know, pro eating bug doctrine that I just can't get behind. So he can have fun with that. He can eat all the, bu- he, he can eat the bugs. I'll stick to the burgers. He, he can do his own podcast about eating bugs. That's fine. Yeah. Stay away from do, the, I'm fat. I'm the weird. He could do the, I'm weird podcast. And then, there you I go. believe that's open. Very Rick, true. congratulations to you and Jay, and thanks for coming on. It's always a lot of fun. It, it was terrific, and um, congratulations to you guys. And go, people, go to Fredo's. I've been hearing about this from um, Joey Ice, the frozen guy at my Trader Joe's, who himself was inspired, because you were talking about the culinary cooks. They just went nuts. They created all this stuff that you guys mm-hmm. tasted. And, and so he himself would take a fried pizza and used it and put in tzatziki sauce and gyro beef and um, onions and tomatoes and made him use the fried pizza crust as a, as a gyro um, sandwich. Oh, my God. That nice. so good. Yeah. And, and he's the one who told me that Fredo's was like his hero's place because every burger, yours included, every burger is 50% bacon and 50% ground beef oh my god yeah there's that and then also they have gigantic mozzarella sticks so even if you're out there and you don't think our burger sounds good go there i believe it's just on sundays they have a 13 inch mozzarella stick and these are not small these are not small in terms of uh in terms of circumference either like these things are huge like a normal order of mozzarella sticks is either I want to say like five of them, and even for Jay or myself, five of those mozzarella sticks is a pretty significant meal. So I highly recommend trying everything at Fredo's, and that's not just because we're partnering with them. It's because before we had this partnership, I was going to Fredo's myself anyway. Right. He's he's not just a hamburger there. He's a client. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Rick, it's great. Thank you very much for joining us. You made you made the world better, and uh, I love the whole idea that fat is not a, it's not physical. It's a mindset, and I'm I'm I love fat weekends. This is one of them. Thanks. I appreciate you guys having me as always and being able to spread the fat doctrine. There you go. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Bye, Rick. I, it's, it's great. It's great. Rick was. Uh, that's Rick there Camp. He goes. Jay Zawoski, the I'm Fat podcast, and that's quite a sandwich, huh? And now a yeah, piece I of put pizza. it up on uh, I put it up on Twitter, and let's see the the one hilarious response I received was, "What is that?" 
So, what is that? Yeah. But it's on my it's on at Mark Rody Sports if you want to check out the burger that uh, Mr. Camp was just discussing. All right, we'll take a break. Uh, at top of the hour, we will have M- Odyssey MLB insider Bob Nightingale talking about what what could the Cubs get for all their failing stars in a trade and what would the White Sox have to give up to get something? What do they need and what would they have to give up? We'll talk to him about that. But first, we need to do what Mark heard. There was much to be heard on the score this week, and we need to do what Mark heard. Right, Mark? Yep, let's do it. Let's do it. We are Saturday Suckage, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. I also know that we suck right now. Rack and yak. It's time for What Mark Heard on Saturday Suckage with Mark Grody and Steve Rosenblum. Boy, everyone is stupid except me. And we suck so you don't have to. That's why we're here. And that's why we're doing our near award-winning segment, What Mark Heard, so everybody could hear it. Mark. Yeah? Share with the class, Mark. I thought you were going to say, Mark, what did you Mark, hear? Mark, what that did was... you hear? You're right. Thank I, you. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't do the proper lockout that we never talked about. Mark, what did you hear? <laughs> <laughs> so Craig Calcaterra. Is uh-huh. a, a weekly. You've heard him. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Smart, he's smart a. Guy. Yeah, a a weekly visitor to the Bernstein and Rahimi show right here on the Score. Craig Calcaterra of the the Cup of Coffee newsletter, and I don't think I have heard anybody put what he believes to be Chris Bryant's desires as definitively as he put it. So this is Craig Calcaterra with Bernstein and Rahimi just yesterday talking about what Chris Bryant might or might not want. So you're on the record as saying that Chris Bryant, you don't think comes back as a Cub at all and that they should trade him? Oh, yeah. I don't I don't think he signs back with the Cubs. I, I don't think that even for a, a, an identical offer he would. I mean, I, maybe people in Chicago have better intelligence on this than I do. But, uh, you know, I, I think that whole deal with the – with the grievance over the service time and the manipulation that went really deep. And there were comments from Bryant and from others that, that allegedly knew his thinking uh, that made that think that made that seem a lot more serious than your normal situation. I think Bryant wants to leave Chicago. He has denied that, you know, his father has denied that when we've spoken with him. And I don't know if that's just posturing, if that's just trying to make sure that you, you don't uh, burn a potential suitor in any way whatsoever. But I, I, I wonder if he feels also that there could be a, a change of scenery argument here, just hearing different voices, maybe getting himself in a little bit different environment so he doesn't have to keep trying to reinvent his swing every year. Yeah, I mean, there's that, too. I mean, Chicago's not an easy place to pay, play sometimes. I mean, I know that there's this long reputation of, oh, you know, people just want to go to Wrigley Field and hang out, but, you know, that that's old news. That's not the way it is anymore. There's pressure to be in Chicago. And, and I think, you know, when you've only been here and you've had very high highs and you've had some pretty low lows, like Brian has that whole change of senior scenery argument separate and apart from the business stuff uh, is pretty appealing. I mean, you know, maybe he talks to Bryce Harper and, and realizes that, Hey, going to Philly was actually a, a nice change for Harper, even though Harper's still the same player it used to be um, it, that, that can help. Uh, as far as not, you know, as far as denying stuff on the business side, there's there's zero upside for a player in Bryant's position to say, yeah, I'd like to leave. I mean, there's just zero upside. You 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 are with the team full heartedly, uh, at least publicly, 
until you're not anymore. That's just how athletes roll. And I think that's a smart way to play it, but I don't necessarily think that that's a window to his thinking. Craig Calcaterra right there with Bernstein and Rahimi yesterday. I'll say two things about this. I love that from his outside of Chicago perspective, he realizes that the images of playing in Chicago, that it's not an easy place to play. It's embarrassing that maybe it was thought of as an easy place to play prior to this era of Cubs baseball. And then Steve, I mean, I guess I'm not surprised about him still being angry about the grievance, but that whole thing hasn't come up a lot lately. And I had not heard this perspective yet in terms of somebody being so exact and thinking that Chris Bryant has no desire to come back to Chicago. Right. I hadn't heard it put in such a finite way and going back to people close to Bryant at the time, the, the anger, it still oozes, it's seething and, and it means something despite what he and his father have said, as Bernstein pointed out, all that being said, this whole idea of pressure is crap. If you're going to use Bryce Harper as an example, what has he ever won? What has he ever won <laughs> anywhere? It's a Good load point. of crap. Chris Bryant has performed. He has performed under pressure. He has been injured a lot. If you want to get rid of Chris Bryant, <clears throat> Chris Bryant, go right ahead. I mean, you, you cannot rely on him for 150 games a year. When you do get him, you get a really good ball player, sometimes great. I could understand the the Cubs not wanting to pay that price, and the reason they wanted that extra year is by the time he got to this age, what was going to be? It was going to be the U Darvish thing. How much are you going to pay for the back end of that contract? But yeah. if you want to get away from Chicago because there's pressure, then you're a failure wherever you're going to go. Yeah, and we don't know. The Yankees sign with the Yankees, the Dodgers. Guess what? Even in L.A., they've been known to boo people before they leave for the seventh inning. They expect yeah. you to win. You're expected to win. There are going to be questions if you suck. It's just the whole idea of leaving Chicago because it's tough to play or there's pressure. Well, if there's not pressure, then then you're playing for a loser franchise. Welcome to welcome to Arizona or Baltimore if there's not pressure. Good for you. How's he going to like it when they trade him to the Mets, when, the, when those talks reopen in the next week or two and he's playing in the Big Apple? So... We haven't heard that from his mouth. That's it. That's Craig Calcaterra's speculation, but one would have to suspect that it's rather educated speculation on the part of, yeah. of yeah. Craigers. So it's interesting. And now, now more than ever, with the Cubs where they are, 42 and 47 and a half games back of the Milwaukee Brewers, who, if you didn't hear, the crew won their 10th straight game last night. So they're not interested in, in losing, and the Cubs not not particularly interested in winning ball games <laughs> right now. Speaking of Steve Stone, speaking of Stoney, um, he was on with Parkins and Spiegel yesterday. And it's time for our weekly Sticky Stuff update. And... Stoney discussing how he believes it's working and what has been affected and what has not been affected. Here's Steve Stone. Well, what I am seeing, and, and you guys can see it as well as I can, take a look around at the runs being scored. I mean, you're seeing some prolific offense, and it has something to do certainly with the fact that these guys are halfway through this season. It has something to do with the fact that it's very hot in a lot of different places, which means the ball's going to jump a little bit more. And I think it has a lot to do with the guys not using any advantage as far as making the ball spin a little bit more. 
you can take a look. You can quantify it. We quantify everything else. There's a Repsoto machine, which shows you the revolutions per minute, and it's down across baseball. It's down on every pitch. It's down on the four-seam fastball. It's certainly down on the curveball and the slider. So we're seeing less spin. If you see less spin, you get you get maybe not less break. What you get is a little sharpness taken off that break. So that slider, instead of being unhittable, now if you make a mistake with the slider, now it's not breaking as quickly and as late, and guys are hitting it pretty well. So that that's pretty much what you're seeing. But Guys will make an adjustment. Pitchers will make an adjustment. And if it is more straight changes or maybe, and God forbid to some of the guys who analyze this stuff, maybe you actually get to see a two-seam fastball every now and then instead of a four-seam rider that everybody seemed to go to. Perhaps we'll see we'll see that. And so you'll see some more ground balls. I mean, the two-seam fastball was pretty much invented for you to throw ground balls. And the four-seam fastball was invented, not, in, not, not the four-seam, not invented, but it was popularized with guys going to the uppercut swings, you cannot really hit a high fastball with an uppercut swing. It just doesn't work that way. And so if guys continue to get launch angle, they continue to want to hit fly balls on every pitch, you're going to continue to see a whole lot of strikeouts. You're just not going to see the ball revolve quite as much. The effect, and that's Steve Stone with Parkinson Spiegel yesterday, the expect. Uh, the the effect, Rosie, has been more than I thought it would be, and I, I like that they have stopped everything in the middle of the season to implement this. So whatever I thought before, because I was kind of with people who are like, what are you doing this in the middle of the season for? And I, I I love it. Yes. I, I And now you get to see more Shohei Otani home runs. You would see more Kyle Schwarber home runs, except he hurt oh my himself. God. So he's still got a little cub in him. He had 25 home runs. When he got hurt. So he had 25 home runs, which is more than any Cub, any single Cub, by seven over Javi Baez, and as many as Brizzo combined. And then he got hurt. So he still has a little Cub in him. That's the way that works. But <laughs> he should, Steve Stone should have said the four-seam fastball was invented to pants the Cubs. Because Pretty much. Still getting them, and that's still, and, and not adjusting. And that's, you can blame the organization for saying, look, we they said it. Theo said it, launch angle is real, it's a it's a thing, and we're teaching that, and then the Dodgers said, okay, we're good with that. You can't hit this pitch, you can't lay off it. So, And the Cubs have been striking out ridiculously, again, like it was the playoffs, and they're just getting suckered, pants, time and time again. So I, I agree there's going to be more offense. I'll see what, what that offense becomes outside of Otani hitting two home runs or – on a bad night, just one home run, but it's it's a I'm I'm hoping we see more line drives, more extra base hits, more guys on the bases. I and I I didn't I was with you. I didn't think they should have done it in the middle of the year, but the rumbling rumbling started early, and there's been a steep decline in spin rate, and there should be there's been an up, uptick in offense in everywhere except St. Louis and the Cubs. I don't know why they can't yeah. figure it out, but they can't. Well, and, and it it looked bad like the first day it was implemented with the Max Scherzer stuff, and yeah. I forget the guy's name that pulled his pants down. Like it, it looked like, oh god, this is going to be a disaster. It's going to it's a bad look when the umpire, after a guy gives up three hits, is checking hats. So, but I'm yeah, I, I am I am there for it. Put the ball in play. So, so that's Stony on Parkinson Spiegel, let's let's jump to basketball. 
And it seems like forever ago that the the Scotty Pippen stuff was hot and him making claims of racism on yeah. former Bulls coach Phil Jackson, right, in regards to <laughs> right. Phil Jackson deciding to give the ball to the white Tony Kukoc instead of the black Scotty Pippen in that one game. Uh, so this is interesting. Will Purdue was on the score earlier this week. He also was on with Bernstein and Rahimi. And... We, we, of course, you know, Will Purdue, just to give you the thumbnail, basically saying, no, I, I don't think Phil is racist, and I think that Scottie Pippen is doing this to get attention for his book. But he also said something interesting, that he, he said in, in terms, he does not expect Phil Jackson um, to be silent about Pippen's claim of racism. Let's take a listen to Will Purdue. He's put Phil Jackson in a position to where I personally feel like Phil needs to respond. Mm-hmm. But now he's not only pulled Phil Jackson into the equation, he's pulled the Chicago Bulls into the equation. He's pulled the league into the equation. And here's the other thing. I mean, I don't see this happening. But Scotty does need to be careful because Phil could, act, Phil could sue him for this if he so felt the need to do so to protect, him, protect his reputation and to protect his image. Like I said, I don't see this happening. And I feel like the, you know, the, the Phil Jackson that I know would ask Scotty to take a breath Let's talk this out. We don't need to do this publicly. I'll come to you. You come to me. Whatever, whatever it may be, you know. I don't expect Phil to sit by, sit back silently, but I also don't expect him to make it a, a a public sparring match either. But there, there. Once this comes out, there needs to be something to rectify it. There seems to be some, some kind of, as a friend of mine always told me, a, a win-win conclusion for Scotty and Phil and everybody involved. And it's something that, you know, okay, let's turning it into a learning experience. But as you said, Dan, at the end of the day, we need more proof. We need more evidence. We need more specific examples so that we have something that we can, you know, back this up with. Cause anybody can just say anything they want. And, you know, the court of public opinion can take sides. You're an ambassador for the Bulls. Is that right? I was. <laughs> <laughs> Do you still want to associate with them or not? I got fired this year. Whoa! <laughs> love that mm-hmm. quote. I love, yeah. I love the way he says it with a smile. I got fired. <laughs> there you go. And so he's got it. He's got everything going against him. He's got no credibility. But uh, let me let me tell you what what I heard. What Will Purdue said. I don't. Uh-huh. I, I realize Phil could sue him. That you could sue anybody. You can litigate any way you want. It doesn't mean you could win. And nor does either side really want to go through discovery if you went right. ahead with this. But let Amen. me ask you this. Let me let me ask you this. For all that sure. all that has been generated from what Scotty said, where is anybody to support him? And the first name that came to mind was where's Horace Grant? Mm. Where was his best running buddy? Why hasn't I, maybe Horace has said something to back up Scotty. I haven't heard it. I haven't seen it. I'm, I assume I would have because of the way this thing has had grown and now seems to have sort of died. It's no longer bubbling. But where was, where was somebody like Horace Grant to back up Scotty? Because Horace was... Phil Jackson's target on a regular RS. And here's the thing. <laughs> so was Tony Kukoc. Tony yeah. Kukoc was the new Horace Grant. When Phil was mad, when Phil, well, you could, when his voice was in, in full gravel, 
Tony. It, it, <laughs> he was he be, he took over Horace Grant's role as being the whipping boy. And and that's uh, again, I think it it kicks Pippin's thoughts in the rocks. But where's Horace Grant to back him up? And 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 Horace Grant was far more put upon on a regular basis by Phil Jackson, and Horace hasn't said anything. Where has anybody been? You know, because yeah, usually, there you if, go. There, if, right? I mean, if, yeah. if somebody is prolific and present as Phil Jackson was, if he was racist, there'd be a bunch of guys coming out. There'd be unnamed guys. There'd be named guys. It would just be a parade to be like, yep, he is. I'm glad somebody <laughs> finally said something. People rushing to the microphone. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously, that's yeah. the way those things work, and I, I haven't seen. And I know, like Phil Jackson has, he said some dumb things. Um, you know, like with the posse comments about LeBron James, he he had said something about white basketball versus basketball, uh, black basketball at one point in time. But those were like dumb, ignorant things. I don't know that those are classified as racist things. Those are things you can't say, but not racist. So I don't know. Maybe Phil Jackson is a racist, but nobody is coming forth and saying it. That's for sure. So right. Oh, are you surprised that Phil hasn't said anything, or do you think he's he's better off just because? Unless I've missed something, I've heard nothing from Phil. I've heard nothing either. I don't really expect to hear anything. There's no there's no gain. He's not. If you're going to sue Scottie Pippen, then you have to prove. You know what? What are you going to ask for? An an apology? I mean, you you can't prove losses. I don't know what what he's lost. So the part of it is you ask for damages, and what are the damages? Your reputation. How are you judging that? Well, you can't judge it financially. You're not, unless you've lost out on something we don't know about. So you don't have those damages. It just becomes an, an awful winding, you're, you're walking through a, a, a thorny patch, a briar patch that you don't want to deal with. He's better off just being in Montana, picking up whatever is whatever Jeff Van Gundy wants to make fun of him for and smoking his peace pipe and go from there. Yeah, and this is one of those cases, too, where... Vaping. Yeah, yeah. Va- vaping, right. Those of us who, who do the jobs that we do, it seems that everybody is Team Phil. Like, yeah, we're all doing Phil's work right now in terms of sort of laughing off Scottie Pippen. So that probably helps Phil Jackson's case, too. Like, okay, there's enough pe- prominent people, not us, but yeah. other people who are poo-pooing what Pippen said. All right, I got one more cut for you, one more on this edition okay. of What Mark Heard. And I know we're going to hear the, the entire Jake Berger interview a little bit later on, which was conducted this morning on Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw. But I just thought the very end of the interview was perfect for Saturday Suckage. Take a listen. Is it noticeable when you have conversations with guys that were uh, with you in the minor leagues that, uh, hey, uh, we're, not only, uh, we're not only having a chance to play in the major leagues, but something really special may be happening here in this, this clubhouse, in this organization? Yeah, no, it's really it's really cool um, just having that experience with, with the guys that you come up with and the younger guys in the clubhouse and just, you know, being a part of a pennant race, it's it's always always exciting. But um hey guys, I gotta I gotta cut it short. Um, sure. Super Joe's telling me to go outside, take some ground balls, so uh, <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> All right, well thank Kate, Best thanks of luck for joining us. <laughs> yeah, Jake, yeah, thanks for joining us. Well, that sucks, doesn't it, Steve? <laughs> doesn't it? Uh, you get the player of the moment, the best story going uh, in Chicago baseball, and he's in the lineup today. And yeah, that sucks. That's Saturday suckage. That's perfect. 
<laughs> That's great. We'll, we'll replay that right to the the wonderful, laughable end. Super Joe McEwing says, come on, got to play. Well, that's because he's the third base in the major leagues again today. So before we end this and we come back with the Wake and Bake Club has news, uh, here's your White Sox lineup in Detroit again against uh, Scooball. Tim Anderson, shortstop, leading off. Gavin Sheets at first base. Abreu will be DHing, batting third. Andrew Vaughn, Andrew, a home run Vaughn, batting, playing left field, batting fourth. Leori Garcia, I guess he's healthy now. He's in right field. Jake Berger at third base. Billy Hamilton, hey, I remember him. In center field, Zach Collins catching. Danny Mendick at second base. And Dallas Keuchel will go today on the mound. So there's Got a little Cubs news for you, too. According Ooh. to uh, Sahad of Sharma, Nico Horner taking ground balls in the natty today. He is not in the lineup, but he or, or, has not been activated yet, but is expected to be activated tomorrow. So Nico, contact Horner. He's coming back. There you go. That's good. All right, we'll take a break. We're coming back, too. And um, Seth Rogen weighs in about a, a sports event, a, a sports story, and you don't want to miss this. Steve Rosen, Lou Mark Rody, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Hey, guys, I got I to gotta cut it short. Sure. Um, Super Joe's telling me to go outside, take some ground balls. Welcome in, welcome back. Saturday second, but this is a meeting of the Wake and Bake Club. Just a travesty and just an example of the more exposure of the, the stupid, corrupt IOC. American Shakari Richardson will uh-huh. not be allowed to participate in the 100-meter dash in Tokyo because she smoked some weed. She was told her mom died. She needed to calm down. She smoked some weed in a state where it's legal. But in the IOC, you're not allowed to do that. You're allowed to drink. You know what? If she'd have downed a case of vodka, got roaring drunk, that'd be okay. But take a hit of pot to calm down? No, you can't. So she can't run because she tested positive for pot. And it is just an abomination because this is not a performance-enhancing drug. It's a performance-decreasing drug. The worst you could do is test positive for Cheetos. There's some kind of cockamamie logic that I've seen that, you know, a pot smoker could hurt somebody else. Well, so could a drunk. Nobody's banned vodka. So the IOC will clutch its corrupt pearls and claim it's also illegal in some of the member countries, which is, again, more crap, more more the IOC being exposed, because this is the same morally bankrupt, corrupt IOC that holds games all over the world in countries that crap all over human rights. Looking at you, China. Looking at you, Russia. So... There's no reason for this. It's really... She went on the Today Show. She, fessed, she said it. It's against the rules. I know. I did it. I needed it. My biological mother had died. And that's how I handled the news. And this kind of suspension, it was it was just awful. That, that It's just, just a shame that, that it comes down to something like this. You, when you, have the, you have all these major league sports here moving towards understanding how <clears throat> therapeutic it is. 
far better than opioids, although the NFL doesn't really understand it. The NFL is, is a dinosaur in that way. But it prompted this tweet from Seth Rogen. <laughs> the notion that weed is pro a problematic drug is rooted in racism. It's insane that Team USA would disqualify one of this country's most talented athletes over thinking that is rooted in hatred. It's something they should be ashamed of. Also, if weed made you fast, I'd be Flojo. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. And their, their thinking is, yes, if one was to smoke a bowl before they ran their race, they could hurt themselves and others. A hundred percent right. Like, if there was an athlete to do that, then they'd just be stupid. And, and there is no athlete that I know that would run a race while on weed. And I think that would, that'd be another conversation. But to think that somebody would be stupid enough to either get loaded on vodka or smoke a bowl before a race, that's totally and completely insane. And you're right, what you said at the very beginning, too. Like, you could get drunk, which which actually probably has worse ramifications uh, than smoking mm -hmm. weed. So, yes. yeah, there, there's a lot. Like, she she broke the rule. There's no doubt. Letter of the law. She screwed up. But there's a much bigger conversation to be had here. Do you see Man. a lot of drugs here? Yes. Out in the open, people smoking marijuana. Yeah, I just did it right down the beach. <laughs> Who's that? Go. I don't know, Mike Rankin. Who's I don't that? know. I don't know. I don't know. He just, it said it said drug drop, so he played it. Uh, George Takai on Twitter after the news broke, he played Sulu on Star yeah. Trek. In case you don't sure. know, he tweeted out, "Look, they once found trace amounts of THC in my blood, and they still let me pilot the Enterprise." <laughs> That's a good point. Too. Yeah, it yeah. is. It's just. It's it's just it's an awful thing, and, and again, it's another example of corrupt and, and morally bankrupt IOC doing stuff like that. And an American is I, I know the I know the U.S. I know Team USA, the U.S. Olympic Committee, would never pull out all of its people over this. Never pull out its athletes. Um, it, it's and and may not even work. But it's just such a such a cave such a prehistoric bit of thinking and then trying to back it up you're stumbling around and whatever reasons you have clearly have been blown up already they're laughable and anything you say about that would be you know you make the comparison to alcohol that's not banned they'll serve it to you in every every venue of the olympics mm -hmm. right yep. they'll probably have a they'll probably have a bunch of sponsors there will be a sponsor for alcohol and I'm sure, I'm sure they'd back up weed if they could figure out a way to get as as lucrative a presenting sponsor um, who is, uh, you know, have some kind of some kind of cush, some kind of sativa or indica. Let's call Rhino. We got to get Rhino Verilite. Well, you know what I'm okay. Saying? How about how about Monday? You want to have him come on Monday? We talk maybe. About that. Yeah. I, yeah. I'll I'll reach out. Or Jim Belushi. How about that one? No, no. Okay, all right. Don't, don't. don't. I like Jeffrey. Well, I was just surprised to see he's <laughs> he's a very dedicated, you know, farmer now. Oh, I didn't know right. he was doing that. I dig. I like Jim Belushi. I think I'm the only one at the score. I know somewhere along the line it became uncool at the score to like Jim Belushi. I'm the one. I like 
Jim Belushi. I think because you're funny. a shift disturber. That's what you do. I kind of am. You're right. All right. Okay. We're going to take a break, and we're going to talk about what could the Cubs? What's the value of Chris Bryant or Anthony Rizzo or Javi Baez? And what kind of prices would the White Sox be looking at? Maybe a trading for Cubs. We've seen that before. But anybody that might help. And what exactly do they need? What forms of help do they need? We will talk with a uh, Odyssey Radio's MLB insider, Bob Nightingale, after this. I'm Steve Rosenblum. He's Mark Grody. Saturday Suckage and the Wake and Bake Club has had its meeting. Chicago Sports Radio, <laughs> 670 The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.